0: Gillian Brooks, thank you so much for joining me on Leading Through Challenge. What did we talk about today?
1: Okay, so thank you, Chris. And yeah, today we talked about the power of flexible working and how that's um, more important than ever at the moment during this COVID-19 pandemic response that we're, we're forced into a remote working situation for so many people. And we've talked about what we can learn from that to move outside of our reactive mindset and into more of a creative experiment mental learning and growth mindset.
0: Gillian Brooks, welcome to Leading Through Challenge. Thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Uh, My pleasure. Um, In a nutshell, who is Gillian Brooks?
1: So in a nutshell, I would um, describe myself as two professional roles, I guess. There's on the one hand, I'm the founder and director of My Kids Village, which helps primarily working parents find childcare across New Zealand. And then my other professional role is I run a consultancy business, um, supporting, mainly supporting businesses to become more flexible in their work practice. And obviously those two things have, have um, deep connections with each other.
0: Mm -hmm. And is that the area of leadership that you're most excited by as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I'm, um, I'm interested in um, helping organizations Try, try to find ways to become more flexible. So kind of testing and learning as they go um, and being willing to, um, to to give things a try and say, look, we're not quite sure what's going to work. Come with us on this journey. That's kind of one of the um, philosophies I bring to, to the work I do.
0: Cool. So yeah, there's really a lot of uh, the stuff that you do around flexibility. Um, I'm going to flip it a little bit, actually, because I'm sure you've got Heaps of positives about flexibility, but why is rigidity potentially a bad thing for businesses and organisations?
1: Well, I think you know a certain amount of structure is helpful. You know, certainty can be a very useful thing and it's a very necessary thing. So it's not like everything needs to be flexible all the time. But if if there's too much rigidity, as you say, um, it can really shut down opportunities particularly in businesses, for, for higher productivity. And I don't understand as a business leader why you would do that, why we, you would cut off opportunities to increase the, the amount of work you can do in the time available. Um, so that's the first thing. And the second thing is the, the people benefits. So aside from the business benefits, having having a, a value vision to your employees of current and future to be able to say, hey, come and work with us so you can we help you explore ways to manage all the important things in your life, including work, including non-work stuff that's important to you. And that's a fantastic message to put out in the labour market. So um, it's a bit of a win-win for for so many businesses that do this well.
0: And for the businesses that do do it well, what do you see uh, the benefits for them um, from a business perspective, but also a workforce perspective?
1: yeah yeah so I mean I guess it's it's it is you know the the first one that many talk about many cite, is is the productivity gains um that businesses enjoy from stronger stronger flexibility in in their workplaces they also enjoy um those staff benefits of you know higher higher engagement with their staff lower turnover um the well-being economics literature shows that actually people's well-being increases when they're able to manage all the important things in their lives in a more autonomous way so those broader well-being benefits that are being studied more and more particularly now and all link back to um flexibility as well so i think that there's some really important important points and then there's the flow-on effect into if you're keeping your people because they they like what get with you then you're not spending time recruiting and training and and all those things that that come with higher turnover rates in your staff
0: yeah and also the financial implications of that as well that the costs of onboarding someone new and whereas actually you Instead of doing that, you could uh, spend the money on developing the current staff that you have as well and
1: uh, improve their
0: skill set. Yeah, cool. Um, we're in a really unique position at the moment here in New Zealand um, with COVID nineteen. We're currently in lockdown and really we're almost in an, an enforced. Let's be flexible with our work practices timeframe at the moment. So how can we incorporate f- flexible work practices into our into our day-to-day businesses or into our teams? And how can we think about having flexible work practices in the current environment?
1: Yeah, I think that's well, it's a, it's a great question, and, and it's a very timely one and one that I'm working on a lot with various um, organisations at the moment. I think there's a couple of things, really. The, the first thing is, is that um, I'm talking to all my clients about, resetting some boundaries and actually um there's a fantastic opportunity here to um where there's everybody's whole lives are all inside then you know their homes their work their home life their family life everything and um so one of the things that i think is more important than ever is that people acknowledge that they have to create boundaries where perhaps they didn't need those. They were a bit more obvious before. And I think that's a great lesson that you can take into the flexible work when we, when we move beyond this COVID-19 response is actually people need to be able to create a sense of being able to manage all the different parts of their life and create those boundaries around work and around family and around other things that are important to them. And so, employers need to be open to that. And actually, the good news is that we've got um, research and studies that show the more autonomy you can give your people in the way that they work, the more likely it is you'll get a productivity boost from them. Because people know how they work best, and um, and they're able to then make great decisions. So long as they're in that high trust environment with you as an employer, they'll make a great choice, and you can then get the benefit from the flexibility that is on is on offer right now, even though that can feel a bit restrained (laughs) and, um, and everyone wins because not only do you get a higher productivity level, but also the the person who's working for you gets to balance all of those different life priorities. Mm,
0: And like from a practical sense, how do, how can we manage that while still trying to run uh, a team or run an organization? Because obviously the, we're we're wanting to still keep things going in some capacity at the moment, whilst also uh, respecting that uh, those aspects of people's lives and kind of how different it is at the moment.
1: Well, there's a, there's a, and there's a really useful experiment that um, Stanford University did um, with uh with a um, an organisation called Seed Trip. And we found in the experiment that um, even when people are forced to remote work and ch- no choice involved, imp- uh, they get an improvement in productivity. And then when they um, turned it into their business as usual practice, they enable people to make their own choices about how they work best. So there, was, there wasn't enforcement. And they had another leap in productivity, almost double what they had in the, in the controlled experiment. So they went from 13.5% productivity gain to about 24% productivity gain. So the lesson for, for us at the moment is that people make great decisions about how to how to work most productively if we give them the space to do that. And so often I hear from, from clients I work with, um, particularly the managers, is the anxiety over trust. How can I trust that if I can't see my people, they're working and doing what I need them to do? Well, actually... By and large, you can, and most of the time people will make fantastic decisions and they will surprise you about what's possible in a shorter amount of time that you just wouldn't have expected otherwise.
0: Yeah, and I mean, kind of the one of the answers to that question is you can measure the outputs and measure what's coming out of them and whether they're sitting at a desk for eight hours to do that or whether they fit it in in three hours in between a couple of other things that they have to do at home is... um, Hopefully it doesn't make any, any difference to the quality of the output, but it's, it's probably not Absolutely. that hard to measure, is it?
1: No, no. And I think that's one of, the, one of the things I advocate a lot in the work I do is how do we shift away from inputs focused and measuring inputs, which is hours worked and, and those sorts of things which we're traditionally focused on into an outputs focus because actually why do we care if someone's sat slaving away for eight hours when they can get the same quality the same output in less time and enable that person to balance all the other stuff that they've got going on
0: and i'm I'm just going to put my physiotherapy hat on for a second there as well having someone sit at a desk for eight hours is not ideal (laughs) in terms of the, the productivity and and what that does to their body so yeah, uh, different ways are are awesome from that that physical perspective as well. we like as we said, we're in a really unique situation at the moment with this kind of enforced flexible work practices. Things are gonna change though. We're gonna come out of lockdown at some point in the future and, and things are going to shift to back towards the way that the way that they were prior to going into lockdown and having COVID-19 uh, come at us, how can we ensure that we retain the the good elements of the flexibility that we're developing at the moment into our work practices when things do start to drift back towards that that normal in uh, parentheses?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question and one that I, I've done a lot of thinking about and one that I've discussed with several clients of mine. Um. I actually wrote a blog on it recently called Digging for Gold, which is exactly that kind of how do we keep a a learning mindset at the moment when we're in such a reactive state of mind? Um, I think if you can kind of start asking questions, um, that for me is the turning point. Um, And there will be things that you can, in a light-touch way, measure and capture some data so that you can learn. I've seen quite a few articles talking about the the post-traumatic growth concept. and actually. Wouldn't that be great if organizations were able to capture some data now, either analyze it in the moment or or after the event when we've got a bit more headspace um, so that we can find the goal that has worked well for people so that we don't just automatically, like a bungee rope, spring back to where we began, that actually there will be some useful things we can take away. Um, There's kind of three main areas that I suggest people, um, if they're going to capture some data, capture some data around productivity. So get people to self-assess, given, given the circumstances and the hours that they had available to work today, how productive did they feel they were? Because that will give you some signs as to whether or not you can start to shift away from that inputs focus to an outputs focus. Um, the second one is around social connection. We know that trip study that I talked about before with the Stanford University, um, the, during the nine-month enforced work, remote work experiment, the, the biggest problem they had was people feeling isolated and that that missing that social connection with their colleagues in the office. Measure that now because that will help you um, determine how you how you um, change your practices to incorporate social connection um, into your you know your flexible work plan. And the third thing is um, ask your people about how they are how they are managing those work and non-work priorities um, on a day-to-day basis, because that's the main driver for flexible work. That's what people want it for. That's why people will seek you out as an employer, because that has real value for them um, beyond the salary. And um, That's what you, you will be able to attract and retain more people and the right people for the jobs that you have if, you, if you're able to demonstrate that you, that the people that work with you have that balance right and feel like they can bring their whole self to their work rather than I'm only valued for this piece of me. So they're the three things.
0: Mm, yeah. And that's a, that's a great place to start, start gathering some data um, and yeah, kind of track it over the next couple of weeks or months.
1: That's right. That's right. And a few, a few of the clients I'm working with are doing that now, which is really good to see.
0: Awesome. Um, Gillian, for specifically for like really c- customer facing industries. So service industries where they're kind of, they're having one-on-one consultations with people. How, how did they look to develop flexibility in their work practices as well? Because they're, they're potentially a little bit more constrained.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There are different constraints depending on the type of work that is available to people. And I think, um, there's a few ways of looking at that. And, um, you know, it's not just flexible place that is the the only thing that you can look to flex, but there's also, um, time and days. So, you know, some people might prefer to, um, you know, kind of do part-time work or flexible hours or, um, work so many days or, you know, kind of compressed hours, all those different options are available if, if they have to be face to face on a particular premises. um, And other ways of looking at it are actually, how can you carve up the job? Because in almost all jobs, we all have, you know, report writing to do or um, some desk time that that is required, regardless of, you know, you might have 60% client-facing time, but there might be another proportion of your work that that doesn't require that. So how can you carve up the role to um, create more flexible options, so that they can feel that there is some, some choice in how they go about doing their work.
0: Awesome. Yeah, really good questions to be asking. Um, I'm going to flip it on you again a little bit, and I'm going to ask you, I mean, we've been talking about leadership and ways to, to lead for more flexibility and experimentation in the workplace, but can you tell me about a time that you didn't lead particularly well?
1: yeah uh, oh that's a good one um, in this remote work or other um, i think I think i was talking I was doing a webinar um, for some HR professionals uh, the other day, and I-, I was talking in there about when this remote work work was you know kind of we were all in this pandemic response space, and my initial reaction was, oh my goodness, you know I'm so used to having structure to to manage the chaos of my life you know we mm. getting the kids to one place and then getting to work and doing this thing and doing that thing and and it's busy and it's chaotic but it it works and it's familiar and then all of a sudden this kind of thought that I've got this big blob of time with no compartments attached to it anymore that felt quite overwhelming for me and I think um you know if I got st- stuck in that mindset for too long that that's not a that's not a good place to be it's not a healthy place to be and um, so for me the the way out is is well first recognizing where I'm at and that I'm suddenly ah <laughs> you know this isn't this isn't going to work what are we going to do is exactly that start asking some questions so well, what could this look like how could I create some categories and how are we going to create a sense of structure in this like big blob of time and and then it started to slowly turn into more of an opportunity rather than um, a threat I suppose mm. um, so that was kind of one of my most recent experiences
0: yeah nice Gillian what has what's influenced the way that you think about leadership the most over the last kind of one to two years
1: uh, oh that's a good question um, well I mean obviously I'm learning a lot about um leading not leading directly because i'm now self-employed so i'm now leading in a different way so i've been thinking less about one-to-one and looking at opportunities for one-to-many kind of conversations so i can get people thinking about the same things that i i want them to start thinking about and asking the kinds of questions that i, I i'm posing to my clients directly so that that's one thing um, i think um, you know kind of being part of a you know, I've been part of uh, Digby Scott's Changemakers program, and that's been such a blessing to have a group of people who are on that program together um, offer that kind of, um, you know, that, that support and challenge that comes, mm. you know, it's a delicate balance, but I think in that group of people, if you can have some people around you that, that offer that, that can be really powerful in terms of developing your own, your own path Um, and then I think, you know, in terms of thought leaders, um, more broadly that, you know, there's the, the idea of being more vulnerable, being honest about what things feel like with with Brennan Brown's kind of messaging there is, I quite quite find, find that quite helpful. Um, yeah, so there's, there's, there's quite a few things, but yeah, yeah, there'll be some of them.
0: Cool. Some, some massive influence over the last couple of years then. And Gillian, what should leaders be doing right now in your opinion?
1: Leaders right now should be recognizing what it's going to take to get them beyond that reactive mindset. It's quite addictive that kind of um, feeling like you're feeding and re- responding and reacting. It's high adrenaline. It's rewarding for our brains to feel like I'm I'm playing the hero. I'm doing the right thing and follow me. You know, it's quite a it's quite a seductive idea of leadership. I think the pr- problem with that is it can be quite alienating for people around you if they feel like they've got to follow for any length of time we know through you know Dan Pink's work for example on, on motivation that giving people that sense of autonomy and we've talked about that already today is really important so if we can get leaders to step out of that reactive mindset and that heroic model of leadership and into one of facilitator where they facilitate conversation where they ask questions where they find out how they can add value to the people that they're leading and that will that will kind of open up their um the potential of the people that are around them and they'll get even better results even better quality output from from their whole team
0: amazing Julian brooks thanks for joining me today
1: yeah thank you very much good to talk
0: Really hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Gillian Brooks all about flexible work practices. Got a couple of favours to ask for you. Uh, If you found that that was helpful at all, please share it out with one of your friends uh, that may need to, to hear some of those messages uh, and also I want this to get in front and into people's ears as much as possible uh, and one of the best ways to do that is for you guys to help out and to uh, subscribe on YouTube, on apple podcasts on spotify or your favorite podcast app and leave a rating and review as well Uh, that goes a long way to making this more visible and getting these conversations in front of more people Uh, and if we can do that then everyone's going to benefit in the long run so thanks in advance for that and uh, i'll see you again soon